welcome to the Healthy Catholic Moms podcast, where we make moving and nourishing our bodies a priority so that we not only fulfill our vocations, but excel in our callings. I'm Brittany Pearson, a Catholic wife, mom, and personal trainer, and I'm here to help you build healthy habits that actually fit your life. I am here to teach you how to get the results that you want and maintain the results that you want without spending hours at the gym or meal prepping all weekend long. I understand. I am right here with you, getting my workouts done in the nooks and crannies of time, looking up recipes while nursing babies, and trying to prioritize my own health amidst everything else going on. But I have really good news for you. You can get the results you want in less time without doing hours of cardio and restrictive dieting. I am going to teach you how to use strength training and eating in a macro balanced way to get you feeling so good in your skin, full of energy and strong to carry out your life, okay? (laughs) On this podcast, we'll delve into how to lose fat in a simple, sustainable way, what your workouts and nutrition should look like during different seasons of life, like during pregnancy and postpartum times, We'll also discuss healthy, quick meals and how to get them on the table, make food that kids will actually want to eat, mom hacks for making your day run more smoothly, and so much more. All the while with continuous encouragement to stay the course and live with discipline. This is a place where we're striving to steward our bodies well in order to joyfully serve. I am so happy you're here. Let's dive in. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to today's episode. Thank you so much for being here. I'm happy to be here with you. It is the end of May. We are wrapping up. It's crazy. So I hope you, I guess this is probably the tail end of Memorial Day weekend. So I hope you had a nice Memorial Day weekend. I am recording a little bit ahead of time, trying to get some of these episodes banked up for when the weather is nicer. This is, so I'm currently recording Actually, I'm not that far ahead, but I'm recording just the first week of May right now. And, but it's like this terrible, super rainy week where the forecast was like 40 to 50 and rainy literally every day. So I'm trying to do that because I know that as soon as it gets nicer out, I'm just going to want to be doing my own workouts outside and not sitting in my basement recording podcasts. Love all of you, but you know, you would feel the same. So (laughs) we're getting a little ahead, but today we are going to hop into how to get more sleep as a mom. Now, I know that we're all in all different seasons of life and different, have different scenarios. So I get that in general, there's a lot of things that we cannot control, like how many times our baby wakes up or our toddler wakes up or whatever. Um, I know some of you too work different shifts as nurses or different professions where you're working overnights and things like that and grabbing sleep where you can. So I know that there are that second one is a little more of a rare option that that's just really difficult. And honestly, I'm going to just say now I've listened to a lot of experts talk about sleep and sleep for longevity and sleep as a defense against Alzheimer's and all these different ailments and, and diseases and things. And pretty much everybody said, it's just very hard to be in that kind of pattern because it's just against your circadian rhythm. So I am sorry. And I am thankful if you are somebody who works those kinds of shifts, because we obviously need people to be doing overnights, but I, that, that is just going to be a tougher time. So this advice today is really general advice for how I get the most 
sleep out of the things that I can control because yes, there's the uncontrollable seasons. I always get pregnancy and insomnia when I am pregnant and obviously newborns. I was just sharing with a friend the other day. I never have a child sleep more than an hour and a half at a time until they're a year old. <laughs> and I think it's because I have three kids. If you're wondering like, how many times did you do that? But I, and this might be, you know, you might be nodding your head along with me, like, yep. Or you might be like shaking your head. Like this girl really needs a sleep course for her children. Cause that's not the best thing for them either. Probably. But I do breast, I have breastfed in the past and I just essentially they wake up, I go in, I give them the boob and then we all go back to sleep in the next, you know, 10 minutes. And then an hour and a half later, I do the same thing. Um, it depends to, I've had babies like right there next to me where I just flop over and, you know, you, if you know, you know, you've done it, but I get it again, those newborn seasons, those pregnancy seasons, again, sometimes it's just like kids, it's a revolving door. Sometimes you just change somebody and then somebody had a nightmare and whatever. Or again, you have older kids and you're not even in this season or space. And you're like, oh man, my youngest is five or six now or 10 or 15 or whatever. And I remember those days, but I'm not there. So we are responsible for a lot of the other percent of why we don't get sleep. There's a lot of, you know, memes and reels and things that go around about how moms, you know, crave that alone time. And that a lot of times that's why we're sacrificing sleep to get that alone time. I get that. We've talked about that, you know, a lot in the morning episode about the really great start to the day of waking up before your kids to have a peaceful, calm house and getting prayer time, having that, you know, nice warm cup of coffee before you're asked a million questions or told a million knock, knock jokes or asked where like, where's my stuff for this or whatever. So I get that the same thing can happen at night. And I've been there. I'm not at all saying that I am exempt from any of these things where I'm like, I just, you know, it's worth it to me to stay up late because I just need to have no one talk to me and do these things that I either need to do or just want to do. I want some time. I did that a couple of weeks ago where I just stayed up till, I don't know, later than I usually do. I usually am in bed around nine and I, to be, to get up around five. And instead I stayed up till 10 or 11 hand lettering because I hadn't done hand lettering in a really long time. And I like it and I like practicing it, but it's just was not working its way into my days at all. And it was that thing that, you know, was on the back burner and I wanted to just kind of zone out and do that. So I did stay up late and I did that and paid the price a little bit the next day, but you know, that was a choice. So we all have those times and those choices. And I shared that on my own scheduling episode too. when I talked about what my normal schedule looks like, because we do shoot my husband and I to get to bed around nine, nine 30 during the week to get up at five, five 30. And that fluctuates because sometimes both of us have to get up at four 30, um, for various things, or, you know, we have to, I'm just up. Sometimes I stay out and I work at a coffee shop until nine. And then I come home and I'm not getting to bed till like 10. So I'll wake up at six. It floats a little bit. And then on the weekends we'll play with it. But I shared on that episode that there are still times that we'll just be like, okay, never mind. We want to stay up and do this or, you know, I think that it's nice to have the order and the routine and our God is a God of order. There's a lot to say in a lot of the saint writings and in scripture about order and monks rules of life and everything, but we're also not, you know, necessarily called to live the exact same lifestyle as a monk who doesn't, you know, who, I don't know, that's my personal feelings on this being a little bit. So I think it's great to have order because the opposite is chaos, but you can also obviously decide when you're just saying, never mind, we feel like staying up late tonight <laughs> or whatever. But how I do get more sleep in most days and in the day in, day out, Monday through Friday, when I'm trying to kind of stick to things, 
to number one, aim to get your household duties done before your kids' bedtimes. This is huge for me at nap time, at bedtime, at whatever. I don't want to be using my precious time to be catching up on household things. Yes, sometimes it happens, especially when you have a little baby. So you're trying to like coordinate the baby with, you know, a lot of times it's like you just get the other kids down and then it's like baby time. So you didn't have a chance to do this or, you know, babies just don't adhere to your schedule as much. So if you're trying to get the dishes done before the kids go to bed, but baby needs to be fed right then or go to bed earlier, it can't always happen. But in general, again, we're all different seasons of life to have your laundry folded, have the lunches packed for the next day. The things that you need to do to run the household, I try to do when my kids are awake. I will purposely, like if it's say nap time for them, I try to get all this stuff done, like lunch dishes done. I have them clean up with me before nap, all that stuff. But then if there's lingering things like, oh, I still need to fold the laundry or I still need to whatever, I stop. They go for nap and there are very rare exceptions to this. They're down. I am done with house stuff. And for me, that segues now to work. Like I will do some schoolwork or have some one-on-one time with my oldest who's up from, who doesn't go for nap. And then after that, he knows like mom's going to answer some emails. Mom's going to check on this. Mom's going to, it's usual mom work time. And he does really well with that. That's another reason too. I'm trying to get, I mentioned the last podcast ahead a little bit in recording videos, recording podcasts so that when it's summer, we can just be outside more in that quiet time. He's not forced to come inside because mom has to work on the computer. So again, all these shift, but this is huge at night because I know like, again, there's the, oh, but then we played and we got carried away. But in general, I also want the kids to see like the house takes effort to maintain. And that's mom's job. I have no problem saying they're like, Oh, come play this with me. Sure. But mom's doing the dinner dishes first. That's mom's job. You know, hopefully they have some chores too, that they've already had to clear the table or do whatever various things they have to do. Obviously if your kids are older, maybe they're doing the dishes for you and all this stuff, but try to get house stuff done. I I even try to push this to like when the kids are up is when I'm paying our electric bill or doing random things because I hate using their sleeping time for seriously. Like I would rather use that for silent prayer time. Like there's so many other things I could use that for that's, you know, beyond work. If you don't need to work, you know, um, at the home either, like prayer time, your creative time stuff you want to do. Like if you would really enjoy baking and you want to do that when they're sleeping, you're not, you know, bogged down by dishes and things like that. So huge, huge, huge is to try to get all that kind of stuff done before the kids even go to bed. Number two, have a get in bedtime in your mind for yourself. This is really helpful when you, <laughs> not that any of you do this, but my husband and I just did this like two weeks ago. We were watching a show. We rarely watch shows. We were trying out a new show and I don't think it's going to stick. It's like, he likes it. I, it's too much for me already. I'll just say what it is. It's 1883. And we didn't watch Yellowstone. We tried this one first and like first episode, there's just, you know, tons of death and whatever. And I was like, yeah, I don't think this is going to be it for me, but anyways, I don't need to watch that for bed, but we did the, like watched one. And then it was like, I don't know, eight 45. And we're like, should we do another one? And then we, you know, we were doing the, should we do another? And it helps to have in your mind, what time you usually get in bed by. And for us, that's nine, nine 30. And you know, those episodes are like an hour. So it guided us to be like, Oh yeah. Okay. We got to turn it off and helps you to make that responsible decision. When you have a 
get in bedtime in your head. Same thing for me. If I get distracted doing work or whatever you're doing at night, you know, where I'm like, Oh, I really could finish the other day. I was working on the, um, freebie for you guys, the, how to set your own macro targets. And I got to 80% of the way and was like, I could just power through this and finish the rest of it, get it on the website. And it's like, to what end, because I'm going to be up for another hour and then I'll throw myself off for tomorrow. Like just go to bed. So have that little get in bedtime in your mind. And usually that starts with, you know, backing it up to when you're going to wake up the next day and then trying to shoot for seven to nine hours. And then that's the time you need to be in bed. Now experts actually say, that like, say if you're shooting for eight hours of sleep, you should actually be in your bed for like nine hours of it. Like go to bed that hour earlier, because you're probably not going to just immediately fall asleep. You're going to have some sleep disruptions in there. So if you want the overall eight, you should be in bed for nine. This is something that is just not a reality for me yet. I'm usually getting in with, okay, I'm shooting for eight and I'm getting in at eight. So maybe I'm getting seven, but trying to get in that seven to nine window. Okay. Number three is start setting the tone in your home. This just helps set the tone for everybody that it is nighttime. It is bedtime. We are sleeping. And there's a lot of research that shows your body needs this because again, goes back to our circadian rhythms. We didn't used to have artificial lighting. We didn't used to have all these things. When the sun went down, we just started getting tired. Our bodies got tired. There's a reason why in the winter we get tired so much earlier because it's dark outside. So I like to go around and like start dimming lights or turning off lights uh, putting away phones and screens. Again, sometimes I just mentioned, I stay up working on my computer or something, but I still am cognizant of that. That was part of it. The other day when I wanted to power through and finish something, I was like, I need to close this laptop. I need to get the screen away from me so I can wind down for bed. Cause it's not going to be a matter of like, close my laptop, fall asleep. So it's helpful to start powering things like that down before you want to go to bed. So leading up to bedtime, honestly, if you shoot to do it around kids' bedtimes, then you know, you're going to be nice and, uh, calm by the time you go to bed, but obviously I know screens might be a little part of your nighttime once they're in bed too. So I'd say a half hour before, I don't know what research says on this, but trying to give some space between all of that stimulation. And when you're trying to actually go to sleep, number four, here's my disclaimer. I am not a doctor and I'm not prescribing anything. <laughs> okay. I've talked about this. I know on the podcast before, probably when referencing supplements and things, but maybe consider taking magnesium at nighttime. It can help you to fall asleep. And, um, I do not, there's a lot more mixed research. I feel like this is my opinion on melatonin because melatonin is something your body naturally makes. And a lot of researchers say like, if you take melatonin to fall asleep, then your body stops producing you know, more of it or enough of it. So then you're kind of stuck on this and then eventually it's going to stop having its effect. Magnesium doesn't work like that. It's just something your body needs. And if you tend to take it before bed, it tends to relax you, help you to fall asleep. I have found this to be true. I enjoy doing it. I actually, we've been out for a while, so I haven't been taking it recently. Another thing you could do is take, this is a little bit more luxurious and you might not have the time for it, especially like every night here, but taking an Epsom salt bath has a similar effect because again, the magnesium and just a nice calm bath can help you to wind down. Now, last one, and I think most importantly, is to talk with your spouse about sleep times, habits, your goals, what you would like to see, because I mentioned multiple times, probably in this episode, like, oh, we, oh, we, we, we watch a show, we go to bed, whatever. And it really has to be a conversation because this has not always been the case for us where it's been so seamless. When we first were married, Ben was working, um, a part-time job that was like some random nights till midnight. 
it was <laughs> very funny, like housing development job, whatever for like college students. So he had to go to events where they were and like hand out flyers and things. You got to do what you got to do. You know, he was in school. I was in school. It was, it was a good time. So he was doing that, but I was teaching middle school full-time and waking up to teach spin classes and train people and stuff before that job. So also I got pregnant a month into our marriage. So I also was pregnant at that time, but anyways, all that to say I was a tired gal, but I was, you know, having to wake up at like four 30, my spin class was literally five 15, like three mornings a week. And the other mornings, again, I was training people. So he would be like coming home at midnight. I'd be waking up at four 30, but we'd want to see each other and we'd try to be eating together. And it was a whole mess. And then, you know, he, it, it had to evolve and develop over the years and throughout the years. And now his start time for work fluctuates a bit, but he in general expects that he's going to need to be out the door between like five, five 30. So, and sometimes earlier, sometimes later, but that's the norm. So now we just kind of have structured it. Like, okay, we just in general shoot for that, like nine to five, but we had to find what worked for us. And we also have to, we just have to talk about it pretty much every season. It's not this big dramatic thing, but last summer, I mentioned, and I shared with all of you that I trained for an ultra marathon, which was 50 miles. And I hadn't done any kind of race or running in years. <laughs> like I had not even, I did a couple five K's after some of my kids, various kids. I, I did a Spartan race or two after kids too, but in general, I need to wrap this up. You can probably hear my children. They're yelling, mom, my light is green. Come get me. And I left the monitor on. So I apologize, but I want to get this last thought out because I was like serious about this, wanted to train hard. And usually we stay up later on Fridays and Saturday nights, but my long runs had to be Saturday, had to be Saturdays. And sometimes my long runs even had to be Sundays. So Saturdays are usual date night. It's staying up later, but <laughs> hi guys, I'll be right there. Mom's just finishing a podcast. I'll be right there and I'll get you to. Okay. So Friday nights were the, like, he worked late through the summer. So he would, he worked till nine on Friday nights. And then I'd be doing my long runs like 5am or 6am Saturday. So if I was waiting to eat with him, see him when he got home and then trying to wake up and do my run and be ready for that. And it was a mess. The first couple of times I tried to do my long run. So we had to talk about it where I was like, I know I love to see you. You love me to see you when you get home. I'm trying to do this. I need to give that run attention. I cannot wait to have a beer or a margarita or something with you when you get home because this is just not part of what, like I set this goal. I want to do this. I want to do it well. So we cannot do Friday nights. Like we will have date night Saturday then. And if I'm tired or whatever, that's on me. Cause I've chosen to do this, but I'll give you Saturday nights, but Friday nights I need to sleep. And he was like, so obviously open to that and was like, oh, I totally get it. Oh, this is your goals. Oh, whatever, you know, very supportive, but we need to talk about it because just begrudgingly the first couple of weeks, I just went along with it feeling crappy in my runs and thinking like, this was not what I wanted. So we do, we just had to talk about it. We have to do that all the time. It's just like, um, obviously a big part of the whole <laughs> thing around sleep and bedrooms and whatnot, you might want to put in headphones or turn this off if you've got kids around, but it's just the intimacy portion. So there's a lot to say, this is not what I'm going into today, but there are many marriage books that talk about like how essential it is to go to bed at the same time as each other. And we try to do that. That's something that I know not every couple does and somebody's naturally a night owl or a morning person or whatever they work it out, but we try to prioritize going to sleep at the same time. So 
that is why it's part of the discussion. That's also why it's nice to have a cutoff time. Cause I'm not saying everybody's intimate times at night, but to have a cutoff time in mind of when you want to be in bed by so that it doesn't run into seriously. These are logistical problems that you're like in my head, I'm going to shoot to be in bed from 10 to six. Well, if you get to your bedroom at 10, but people have other ideas or one of you has another idea or both of you have other ideas, you're not getting eight hours of sleep. So set yourselves up for success. Talk about it. That's why, like, if you need to, sometimes we have literally, this is not just, okay. Then we run to the bedroom after the kids. I'm not saying that, but like, we'll put the kids down and just make that decision to go like, hang out in the bedroom. Like, okay, do you want to just, let's not turn on the TV. Let's not whatever. Let's just like go unwind, read a book, whatever, but just be in the bedroom earlier so that, you know, you're not always sacrificing this or this or this, like still trying to get sleep. Okay. <laughs> to end it on an awkward note for you as my children are screaming and I'm trying to discuss intimacy and sleep. I hope this was helpful. And I hope this gives you a place to go with sleep and to realize, I know it's really tempting to get all that kid-free time and to sacrifice sleep, but it is really important for our health and longevity to get appropriate sleep. And I didn't talk about this much in this episode, but experts say that just regularly getting six hours of sleep is considered being sleep deprived. So we want to shoot for seven to nine. All right, ladies, thank you so much for listening. I want to go get my children and I hope you have a great rest of your day. I'll talk to you next time.